Games from New Jersey, it's the SNL Nerds, a show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. And I'm your co-host, John Trumbull. John Trumbull, happy holidays, good sir. Happy, uh, yeah, I guess it is the holidays now. We're we're almost uh, midway through December. Tis the season. Yeah, it it is a season, yes. Yes, Yes. (laughs) it is a season, yes. Rocking around the Christmas tree, and the ba 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 da. I don't. I never know what the rest of the, the song how it goes. It's just uh, rocking around the Christmas tree, Christmas Have party a, hop. Something da, da, da. I, I know the tune, but I don't really. Yeah, it's not a song I choose to listen to very much. It's uh, not a very good song. No, but it's like one of those things you hear it all the time. I've heard it all the time growing up, and said a bunch of '80s like Christmas movies and you hear it when you go to the mall a hundred times, it kind of convinces you that it's a better song than it actually is. Cause it's like, well, I've heard it everywhere. So it must right. be good. But here's the weird thing. All, all the Christmas songs that have rock in the name, none of them actually rock. Jingle bell rock <laughs> is like the least rocking song ever. <laughs> That's very true. They it's are like, like the lamest, whitest, just, milk toast type songs it's a step above like bluegrass it's barely rock i mean they're they're just so damn paul anka you know yeah it's it's yeah it's it's rock in the sense that it's played on an uh, electric guitar so it must be rock it's a slightly faster tempo than like jingle bells (laughs) yeah yeah it's like the type of rock your parents would be like oh this rocks if your parent says it rocks, then it does not rock. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, well, no, I, I want to I wanna hear something that actually rocks. Yeah, don't, I want to hear... Don't, don't, don't promise rocking that you will not be able to provide. Yeah, I want to hear something like more aggressive, more crazier, maybe something like uh, Marty McFly at the end of the prom when he's like, you know, shredding on the guitar and kicking over an amp. And mm-hmm. he's, you know, him saying, you know, I guess you guys aren't ready for that. But the kids are gonna love it. Yeah, and that's rock. That that is that is that is rock and roll. Yes, exactly. That's Marvin Barry. He knows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So cousin Marvin Barry. You know that new sound you were looking for? Well, listen to this. Okay, I'm done. Okay. All right. Yeah, I was I was just waiting for you to get that out of your system. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Sorry. Once I once I start talking about Back to the Future, it's only a matter of time before the quotes come out. It yeah. really is. Yeah. No. No. I know how you're wired up at this point. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, SNL. Hey. Hey. new SNL. They're back with new episodes and like broadcast live, and they're doing the sketches and the 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 make 'em ups and the and the musical bits. Yeah. They're doing it live and on Saturday nights. Yes, yes. And it is uh, being broadcast from somewhere in New York, from what I understand. Uh, This episode, uh, my notes tell me, was season 47, episode 8, with Billie Eilish as the host and the musical guest. Ooh, double duty. Double duty. uh, She's been on the show once before. It's been on an episode that we covered. She uh, was on uh, the Woody Harrelson uh, hosting uh, the season premiere uh, that was uh, the season 45 premiere. So. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, 
like when she first like was a musical musical guest on this on that episode, that was the first time I had ever heard of her. Like I had mm-hmm. no idea who she was till then. And now like I'm a little bit more familiar with her, her musical style. She just uh, sang that song that was in, on the new James Bond movie, No Time to mm-hmm. Die. So she's becoming a little bit more established. So, I mean, I guess it was only a matter of time before she uh, did this, where she's the host and the musical guest. Um, I think before this, like, people were saying, oh, yeah, she's a I think even we I said it on this podcast, too, where it's like, oh, yeah, she's the guest host and the musical guest. And, like, she's known to be funny on online and stuff and in interviews, so maybe she could do it. But then I kind of thought about it a little bit more. <laughs> After mm-hmm. I said it, where I was like, oh, yeah, people say she's funny on uh, TikTok and social media. So, of course, she can do live sketch comedy. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're walking back your previous opinion a bit, it sounds like. Yeah, uh, well, we'll get into it. We'll get okay. Into it. Okay. No, like, I mean, overall, I thought she was okay, but there uh-huh. was, you could definitely, it, you could definitely see, oh, she's. She, you remember, like, oh, she's a 19-year-old person who doesn't have too much acting experience, and it, it does yeah, kind of show. I don't think I realized until she mentioned it in her monologue. I didn't realize that she was as young as she is. Um, you know, Billie Eilish, she was, she was always – so she was somebody I was aware of. I knew the name. I probably couldn't have named any of her songs. I, but I was aware that she was out there. I was like, oh, yes, yeah, she's that girl with the dark hair with the – with the green patch on top. Uh, that was kind of how I knew her. And yeah, she, like you said, she did the the theme for the last James Bond movie. So Right, and she had that song, uh, Bad Guy, which was a huge hit. That's the one she did on SNL. And that mm-hmm. was like, that kind of catapulted her into the new stratosphere. So now she, she's like more in the public eye a little bit more. She's like a bigger pop star. It kind of seems like the, maybe trying to make her into the next Lady Gaga or something. But it's she's definitely like becoming a bigger name where she's trying to show you know she can do some acting as well as singing although like honestly from this episode i think her singing is stronger than her acting but we'll we'll talk about that later i mean it seems like this seems like this is like one of snl's go-tos now it seems like at least once a season they always want to have somebody they previously had on as a musical guest to come back and host and also be the musical guest i guess they because Justin Timberlake worked out so well for them. Um, yeah, I, th- I, I think that they are, they do do that. Like uh, Timberlake, it worked out. Halsey, it, I thought Halsey was amazing as a mm-hmm. singer, as an actress. And so they, they are, they do try to do that where they try to find, oh, this person can sing. Can they also be in sketches? And when it does work out, it's kind of opens up a new avenue for them. They're like, oh, she can act. We can put her in, in these things. And maybe kind of, they get to branch out a little bit more in her, seen more seen as more than just a singer yeah and it's i mean i guess it adds a little variety to the season as well um another notable thing about this episode it it marks uh, kate mckinnon's grand return yes she's, the queen is back she's she's back from shooting the uh, tiger king uh thing for netflix i think she's been shooting that for is that is that who's doing it yeah i believe it's no I, I just assume everything's netflix yeah, okay. I think, well, I think, we will assume it is Netflix until we are proven wrong. Um, yeah. And then when think, we are proven wrong, we will not care. Um, right. <laughs> we issue no apologies. 
Because really, what difference does it make? It's oh, it's not on Netflix. It's on this other streaming service. Well, what, whatever. It's on. It's on other Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> it's on pseudo Netflix. The other. It's on Disney Netflix, or it's on HBO Max Netflix, or it's on Paramount Plus Netflix, which used to be CBS All Access Netflix or Hulu Netflix. I'm just going to say we have too many streaming services. We need to pare this back down. Yes, we need we. Uh... Yeah, it's getting bonkers now. It's getting bonkers, and and like we have to keep up with most of them because we we watch like obscure movies starring SNL alums during our off weeks. So yeah, it's like, oh, do I have to sign up for Tubi now for this? It, to do this it's episode? a lot. I'm just saying, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, just give me two or three. You know, like back in the yeah. day when there were like two or three channels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how I it, like it. Was it was so much easier. It was a simpler time. It was a simpler time. But but uh, hey, it, it's nice to have Kate back. It's nice to have her back in Studio 8H performing yes, and and you know, doing doing the make 'em ups and and doing the ha-has. Yes, doing the ha-has and chuckle chuckle uh chuckle towns. Uh yes. I, I mean, I just hope that people cuz like I have seen like online a few people's saying things like, oh, thank God Kate's back. She's what's been missing from SNL this past season. Like, the show needs her. And I'm like, I don't, I mean, I, I get what they're saying, but I, I feel like that's a little bit of a, a disservice to, like, the cast members that have been stepping up and have been doing amazing work. Mm-hmm. People say yeah, things like yeah. That. I, I mean, I, I'm always happy to see her, but, I mean, they have such a deep bench of talent now. It's It's tough to say that I, I missed her. I mean, I, I did and I didn't. I mean, I missed her, but it didn't. There wasn't as big of a void in the show as there would be if, like, she was one of a dozen cast members as opposed to, like, one of 20 something. So, yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. So, uh, should we get into it? Should we do this, like, sketch by sketch? Let's do this, Brutus. Let's do this. Okay. Uh, starting out, we got the. Uh, we got the Fauci holiday message cold open with Kate as one of her go-to characters now, Dr. Anthony Fauci, talking about uh, the news with the Omicron variant of COVID. And, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, we got we got the CDC players acting out various scenarios. This is the thing they did once before. I didn't look up which episode they did this in before. Do you remember? Uh, shoot, I should have looked it up, but I did not. Okay. Uh, but yeah. Not. We fell down on our research on this one, people. Sorry, um, guys. We've, so, we've, oh. so this, let this us is... know. And again, we will be like, thank you for letting us know that. And then we will forget it right after. That's right. In one ear and out the other. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but this is, this is kind of what they did before. We got, uh, we had, we had the, the very CDC members acting out skit scenarios showing how you should act. But they they go off the rails very quickly. Yeah, I mean it's basically it's basically pretty much exactly the way it was uh, when they first did it, where you know they they, they act out scenarios. Uh, I think at one point they have we have Bowen and Ego talking about mm-hmm. like being on an airplane, and then Bowen, yeah. you know, it, it, but Bowen uh, and Ego's characters like to hook up a lot. In these things, um, they do. They do. Yeah, it was. It was like, hey, I I hear 
that you can't get pregnant in the sky. And she's like, let's find out, King. And she mounts him. She mounts him. And it cuts back to Fauci. And he's like, I don't even think that's how sex works. Um, well, but, hey, maybe you're not doing it right. Yeah, but, you know, hey, whatever works for them. That's right. That's great. And and she she always calls him King. So, yes, King, yes. So, uh, uh, yeah, we, we go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say, like, the, the one difference a little bit is instead of them constantly having, you know, scenario after scenario after scenario, they did change it up in this cold open a little bit where I think they only had, like, maybe one or two scenarios. Like, they had mm-hmm. uh, Mikey Day and Heidi yeah. doing there, like, a person who forgot their vaccine card going to a restaurant, and they had Bowen and Ego as uh, two people mm-hmm. in an airplane, and they had, um, I forget who it was, and Kyle as Santa. Uh, it was saying, Melissa and Kyle. Yeah, she right, was Melissa and Santa in the mile. And, and right, the mall. right. And then like Kyle saying, "Oh, don't sit on my lap, little girl, because due to the vaccine, my testicles have ballooned to the size of grapes." Yes. Which I was like, grapes aren't that big, but all right. <laughs> um, no, no, and, grapes but, are larger than testicles. <laughs> I, yeah, when he said that, I was like, "Is that? Is there something wrong with his testicles? Because I thought grapes were not." Are smaller. I mean, maybe there's something wrong with your testicles, Darren. Oh, boy. Do you ever yeah. think about that? I think about it every day. <laughs> okay. Good. And, but, so, they only had, like, three scenarios. Then they cut to a few um, impressions. Like, we get to see Pete Davidson and Andrew Dismukes as Andrew and Chris Cuomo, which, you know, mm-hmm. a, a nod to them now being the disgraced Cuomo brothers because they're both, yes. both in a bit of hot water. They, they both lost their jobs because of COVID, as they said, um, which, you know, not true, but um, <laughs> I, th- I thought that was a neat way to tie it in. We had uh, uh, Chloe as L- Lauren Boebert and Cecily as Marjorie Taylor Greene, who both, uh, because they are psychopaths, um, <laughs> sent out Christmas cards of them, of their entire family, just toting guns, which Jesus is insane. Christ. It's my God, we're it's like beyond parody at this point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did think this was the funniest part of the cold open, though. I will say, uh huh, uh huh. Like when, um, I think like when uh, Cecily says, no, no, I think it was when uh, what Lauren Bobert's introducing mm -hmm. their names, like, uh, hello, I'm Lauren Bobert, and this is Marjorie Taylor Greene, and of course, she says it's pronounced gun, yes, yes. And uh, we also had uh, A.D. Uh, Bryant returning as Ted Cruz, the weirdo with the beardo. Um, I, I, I like this overall. I thought it stayed more or less focused on the COVID stuff. I mean, they brought some other things in, but they were able to relate it more to the main topic. So it didn't seem like as much of a reach as usual. And I, right. I thought it zipped along pretty well. So I, I enjoyed this. Yeah, I thought it was okay. I mean, it kind of hit on a lot of the same beats that they that they usually do in the cold open, where they just try to fit in as much info about what happened in the past uh, week, you know, as, mm-hmm. as they can. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought it was okay for the most part. It, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I just thought it seemed more organic than... I, I never thought, like, well, why the hell are they talking about that? I mean, I thought they related it back to the COVID stuff pretty well. So. Right. Oh, okay. So, yeah, this um, so this type of cold open they did with um, 
Fauci introducing the players. This was in the cold open of the Keegan-Michael Key episode back in May. Oh, okay. All right. That's good to know. Um, one thing I I noticed at the end when I was rewatching the sketch this morning was when everybody gathers together for the, the live from New York's, uh, Pete has painted fingernails. Did you notice that? Oh, no. They, they yeah, didn't... Pete, Pete has like bright red nail polish. So therefore, uh, Andrew Cuomo had bright red nail polish. Um, I just thought that was that was kind of funny. Just it's, the thought of... It's canon. <laughs> yeah. It, it was just, oh, okay. Andrew, Andrew Cuomo paints his fingernails. That's interesting. Wait, I'm surprised no one caught that. So I don't, was that like for another sketch he was about to be in or is that just like pete just i feel like that's just pete living his life (laughs) all right and he was probably just like no one will notice this but he puts his arms around uh one of the other cast members and it just caught my eye when i was rewatching it on youtube this morning i was like oh holy crap andrew cuomo has has bright red nail polish on that's funny all right so look for it guys uh it's it's canon Uh, andrew cuomo has uh, nipple rings and bright red nail polish, <laughs> and lots of tattoos, and lots. Of, hey, oh, he's 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 a freak. Um, hey, also, uh, no cold open kid. Yeah, no James. O- actually, he wasn't in this episode that much at all. Actually. He wasn't. It was a light episode for him, man. He was in one sketch briefly, but that yeah, not not too yeah. much. J A J. Yeah, yeah, not not even in the cut for time sketches. It just surprised me. Mm. Um. But anyway, I thought it was getting the, the show off to a decent start. Uh, next, we had the the Billie Eilish monologue. Uh, she came out, uh, looked looked very muppety to my eye. She's in <laughs> she's in this this big uh, sort of big sundress and and these uh, it they looked like moon boots. I know they weren't moon boots, but they they were they had the kind of the shape of moon boots, you know. The, yeah, it's sort of puffy. Thing. Yeah, it was like very poofy. It was like. Uh... Mm-hmm. Maybe Rainbow Bright meets Little Bo Peep mm-hmm. type of uh, thing. It looks like like very poodly type of yeah, uh, and dress. Yeah, yeah. She had a couple lines about it in her monologue that I didn't write down, so I'm not going to try to repeat them. Uh, but apparently, like I did a little research on Billie Eilish this morning. Apparently, that's a thing. She does. That's one of her trademarks is she wears like big baggy clothes because apparently she doesn't want to be judged for her body. Uh, so I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I remember um, that. I remember. I kind of knew. I mean, I didn't know know that, but I I was kind of aware of that, of that. Like when she was first coming up, yeah, she kind of dresses like, like you know, it's clothes like with that are like two two a size too big for her. And um, mm-hmm. then I heard that was like a thing. Was like, oh yeah, she didn't want to be known for her body, or you know, be known as some some sex pot, some teenage sex pot type of thing. But then yeah. I, but then the, I think that's why it was like a big deal when she posed for. Um, I think like Vogue UK or something like that, and she was dressed in like a corset, and like it was, it was a little bit more form fitting outfits. And oh, I wasn't uh, aware of that at all. Yeah, a lot of people were like, you know, up in arms about it. It's like, what is this? She's she's not doing the thing she said she was doing. She's a she's a phony, big fat phony. Hmm. It was it was a bit of a to do. Like okay, I I haven't seen the photos at all, but yeah. Cool your jets on the outrage people. Yeah, she's, I mean she's nineteen. She's allowed to, she's allowed to like do different things and change her mind and wear what whatever the hell she feels like wearing at that moment. Yeah, you're you're being upset at a teenager. Is this really is this really how you want to live yeah. your life? 
Exactly. I mean, other things in the world, you could possibly be outraged. Um, off the top of my head, a pandemic and uh, what? attempted that... coup. <laughs> what? When did that happen? Maybe one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're more upset over how a teenager dresses than the fact that people try to overthrow the government, I yes, you might want to change. look at your priorities, my friend. Yes, exactly. That's all, that's all I'm saying. So anyway, uh, the monologue. Uh, yeah, she talked about how she was a musical guest a couple years ago. Uh, she says like her mom, dad, and brother are all actors, but she had her dream of being an actor crushed when she was nine, when her mom made a film, an autobiographical film, and her brother played himself, and her mother was a <laughs> only had one child in the film. Oof. Wow. <laughs> Tough business. <laughs> tough business. Tough business. You can't catch a break, even from your own mom. Uh, but that that was funny, and that's that's a nice endearing story. That gets the audience on your side. And and she has her mom her real mom come out and she's wearing a t-shirt that's that says like Phineas's mom, which Phineas is her brother who apparently collaborates with her a lot on her music. He writes and produces uh, a lot of her music. Uh, yeah, the two of them work very closely together. Uh, like you know, he performed on stage with her quite a bit, playing guitar. He's actually he was actually in this episode in a few sketches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the two yeah. of them are like uh, you know Elton John, Brody Topin, uh, close. Okay, yeah, I mean, because like his face didn't really fix in my head from the mom's uh, sweatshirt, and so like when he popped up a few times in the episode, I was like, who is this bearded guy who keeps popping up? And then. After I rewatched the model, like I, I put her together, I was like, "Oh, okay, that's that's uh, Phineas, and that's her that's her brother." Okay. Yeah. Oh, and uh, here's a little fun fact. So I saw this. Uh, our good friends at Entertainment Weekly posted this up on their recap of mm-hmm. uh, the episode. Them saying, uh, "While at the Groundlings, Eilish's mother actually taught and performed with the likes of Will Ferrell, Kristen Wiig, and Melissa McCarthy, becoming McCarthy's first improv teacher." Wow. Okay, that's cool. I did I, not know that. That's that's I a was, neat bit of trivia. Yes. And now you know the rest of the story. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, and then uh, uh, towards the end of the monologue, we have uh, dragging on Colin Jost for no real reason. It's just totally out of nowhere. They just put up a, a picture of 16-year-old Colin Jost looking uh, kind of geeky, I think it's safe to say. Yeah, bit of an incel. I'll give you that. Yeah. Buzz cut, wireframe glasses. He looks, uh, hmm. <laughs> it's a, it's yeah. a look. Yeah, well, it's a look. I mean, you know, he's 16. Most everybody looks at least a little awkward at 16. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, I take that back. Like, if you pull up my 16-year-old picture, it would it'd be like, oh, hmm. This, oh, this oh, is... my high school yearbook pictures. I mean, first of all, airbrushed within an inch of their life because uh, my complexion, not in good shape at 16. <laughs> No, really? Puberty hit me hard, you guys. Uh, <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, I, I look at my graduation photo, and I'm just like, my I, my skin was not that smooth once in high school. <laughs> smooth as eggs. It is just, oh, it's, yeah, it's got that overly airbrush look to it, and it's just like, no. So, oh, um, you know, but hey, yeah, kudos to Colin just for always being willing to uh, have himself mocked on national television. Yeah, he seems like a good... The fact that people keep mocking him, or it seems to be like kind of a go-to for a lot of, you know, hosts and 
yeah. you know, cast members just to like rag on Colin Jost. Now it kind of endeared me to him. I think like earlier on in this podcast, we're all like, uh, oh, Colin Jost, whatever. He's, yeah. he's whatever. But now like everybody rags on him. Now I'm like, well, hey, come on, man. He's Colin, he's just, he's all right. Well, and honestly, you know, like when you're married to Scarlett Johansson and you've had a kid with Scarlett Johansson and you're like a co-head writer at SNL, you've won at life. I mean, what yeah. is what is going to hurt you at this point? <laughs> you can take a few shots. I win. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, I did think that it was kind of out of nowhere for the monologue. So it was... It made the monologue a bit long. I honestly feel like we could have axed the Colin Joe stuff or put it somewhere else in the show, uh, and it would have been fine. Yeah, fair enough. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought the the monologue was okay. Uh, yeah. You know, it's kind of endured her to the audience and whatnot, but, you know. Endeared, not endured. Endeared? What I what I say? You said endured. <laughs> oh, Jesus, that's a whole other That's a word. very different thing, my friend. That's a very different thing. All right, endeared. Mm-hmm. Um, to the audience, so yeah, I thought it was all right, nothing, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I feel like the monologues have been really good this season, and it, they are doing a nice job of getting the audience on the host side and giving you an idea of what the host is about. So, I feel like the monologues might be the most improved aspect of the show this season so far. I'd agree. Mm-hmm. All right, next, we got uh, our first sketch Christmas cards. Uh, this was uh, this was written by Mikey Day, Kesha Kondrat, and Kesha. Seder <laughs> Okay. The singer? Kesha. Okay. Kesha. I know. I know. Kesha. Tesha. <laughs> I know. I'm sure she gets that all the time. Yeah. Um, so this <laughs> had uh, uh, Melissa and Mikey as a couple, and they're looking at the Christmas cards on their fridge, and the various cast members are the photos coming to life and just talking about the various types of people they are like the super white Christian neighbors and Heidi as the cousin who's made pregnancy, her entire identity. Yeah. And, and we had Bowen and Keenan as Pearson Leonard, the well-off middle-aged couple with a gross old little dog. You can't believe is still alive. And by the way, amazing rat dog prop in this sketch. I mean, whoever put that together did an amazing job. Yeah, no, absolutely. That was um, something, I mean, it was it was not a real dog. It was some sort of, you know, prop dog, but wow. I was impressed with that. Yeah, no, it was really good. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't know. Overall, I thought the sketch was all right. It seemed mm-hmm. to be, I guess, I'm trying to figure out why I didn't, Hit, super hit hard with me. Like I don't know. See, I, I, I liked it. I thought it was really cute. I okay. again, I thought it moved along well. Um, I I thought they got really specific with all the character types, and it was it was well observed. Uh, we had a very random Miley Cyrus cameo with because she was Miley was apparently a uh, celebrity encounter that Punky Johnson's character had uh, this year. Yeah, that all right. That I thought was funny, where it was Punky, a picture of Punky Johnson with Miley Cyrus, and then Miley Cyrus mm-hmm. is like, "Oh yeah," she walked up to me, saying, "Hey, you're Hannah Montana," and told me she right. didn't like my music. Yes, and then <laughs> implied that if I didn't take a picture with her, I was racist. <laughs> so, yeah. 
So, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I th- yeah, I thought it was okay. But, yeah, for the most part, I think, for me, like, a lot of the, I don't know, maybe the jokes were kind of light. It just seemed like they were more explaining mm-hmm. what the situation they were in rather than, like, kind of making it super funny, if that's anything. Um, yeah, okay. It was a lot of the people coming up and being like, hey, this is who I am and this is what I'm about. I'm, I feel like the structure of the sketch made that kind of unavoidable, though. And... Like I said, I thought it was well observed. I liked I liked Kate McKinnon as like her mom's older single friend, and she has no idea if she's a lesbian or a wealthy widow, but she doesn't really feel right about asking. Right, and and uh, yeah. Mikey Day was a, was the father of like a oh this is me and uh, my super white Christian family and me and my army of white blonde children and my wife's pregnant again. She's mm-hmm. always pregnant. It was yeah, like kind of yeah. them are like you know explaining kind of what the situation is, but I don't know, not too many jokes in there. I guess a good well, exclamation is well, a joke. We had, and we had we had Billie Eilish as uh, Melissa's old high school rival with her husband, and and she's like sending out the Christmas card to just kind of rub it in about how great her life is, but but uh, she. <laughs> I, I like the line about like her son growing into a fine young incel. All right, yeah, that was funny. That was good. Yeah, yeah. I um, thought it was cute. Sounds like I liked it a lot more than you did. Yeah, I thought this was all right, but it, it didn't really... I don't know. I, I I think it maybe more leaned on the fact that people could relate to this, like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of leaning more on the familiarity aspect to it, of it, rather than, you know, kind of putting in any, you know, funnier jokes in there. That. You know, a big thing that this sketch made me think was, like, Hey, I should get more refrigerator magnets because putting up the Christmas cards on the refrigerator, that's a really good idea. I don't have a mantelpiece, so I've never had a good place to display the Christmas cards that I get of everybody's happy families and stuff. Um, so I should do that this year. I should I should invest in some refrigerator magnets. Yeah, there you go. The yeah. refrigerator magnets, they're like the photo album that keeps your food cold. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. The thing that always mystifies me, though, is like, when is the appropriate time to throw out the Christmas cards? Ooh, that like, is like, like, how soon do you do it that makes you a bad person? Mm, I don't know. Should like, you... us- hmm. I mean, usually, like, uh, you know, the wife and I would just kind of put them in a one of those keepsake boxes. Usually, like around. January, February, or so. Oh, so you keep them beyond that? Wow. Okay. Yeah, like yeah, like we put it in like a little like a memory box or like a shoe box or something like that. So it'll be like a little uh, keepsake forever and ever type of thing. So yeah, I should it, not be throwing them out at all. I, I mean, you can't. You do what you want, King. It's your life. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, folks, call in. Let let us know when when do you throw out your Christmas cards? Do you throw out your Christmas cards? Do you throw what out should birthday cards? Yeah, do you throw out your birthday cards? Do you throw out, uh, you know, uh, wedding invites or uh, pregnancy announcements? Like, when do you throw? I do you feel keep like them? you have to at some point because otherwise you get overwhelmed by this stuff. But and I don't feel like I have a good place to put this stuff. But mm. I don't know. Okay, or maybe you just get like a little scrapbook, like a little scrapbook there. Well, see now, now that that just gives me a whole task. That that's just giving me a project. <laughs> Your mission, should you accept it. 
No, I do not accept any <laughs> scrapbooking missions. Right. I do not want to do scrapbooking. If I was ever going to do scrapbooking, I would have done scrapbooking by now. We're we're two years into quarantine. I have not taken up scrapbooking once. Well, well all right. You don't know what you're missing. I think it's safe to say I'm never going to do scrapbooking. All right. Fine. Somebody's too good for scrapbooking. La-dee-da. <laughs> Look, we have digital photos for a reason, people. Oh, boy. Oh, I can boy. I can create a folder and I can dump them in there. <laughs> All right. All right, Mr. Technology. Right. Fine. Okay. And speaking of technology, our hey. next sketch uh, was a pre-tape. Uh, TikTok. Uh, don't have writer credits for this one. Um, uh, this this was this was kind of a rapid fire thing. It was like a kid scrolling through TikTok, and at the same time, his father is nagging him to take out the trash, and it's just like a lot of quick bits of various TikTok things. Yeah, this was a really interesting one. Like, the format of it, I thought was really interesting. Uh, it kind of reminded me of, like, maybe one of those sketches that would have come out at the SNL at Homes, like, during the mm -hmm. lockdown. Uh, yeah, so basically, we're, we're seeing, like, a phone screen, and um, we're seeing, it, it, you know, it's, it's basically through the, uh, through the eyes of a kid who's just scrolling through his phone. His father is constantly texting him to take out the trash, and he texts back, I'm on it, I'm doing it. But, it's, of course, instead of doing it, he just goes on to TikTok and looks at videos. And then we see, yeah. um, you know, basically him scrolling through videos. We see Andrew Dushmukes doing an acoustic version of, you know, a Flo Rida song, which, you know, happens on TikTok. And we see uh, Chloe Fineman playing this person who's obsessed with Blake Lively's uh, red, red, uh, red carpet dress. And then she's Billie Eilish was was like a nurse doing like a TikTok dance. And I think Sarah was behind her. Yes, she was. I, yeah, it, it's it's tough to see because, like you know, they're doing like a phone screen inside your television screen. So it's a very narrow picture. window. Right. Um, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, then uh, we see uh, we see like Kyle Mooney playing somebody who's like, oh, the new Spider-Man trailer just dropped out and it's amazing. And like basically, yeah, I like that they came back to him later, and then he's freaking out over the Spencer trailer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that was funny. And I don't know this. Uh, this didn't really work for me. It didn't really do anything for me, just because I'm not on TikTok. I don't follow TikTok, and I mean, I, I I'm on other social media, and I can I can scroll through like YouTube like nobody's business, and you know, waste a couple hours doing that, but. I don't find it interesting to just like watch somebody else scrolling. I, I yeah. just thought this really dragged. It didn't work for me. Yeah. I mean, I think to, I mean, I think to your point, like to have like somebody else scrolling, that's supposed to sort of, it's cause like it, the whole sketch is seen through the teenager's eyes. So it's supposed to be feel like yeah. you scrolling through the phone. So I think that's the hook on it. Um, yeah. But yeah, like uh, I'm, you know, like you, I'm not on TikTok either. It seems like, it seems like if you're, it seems like, you know how we, when you're with somebody and you're both watching TV and the person just keaps changing channels, changing channels, they'll, oh, yeah. leave, it, they'll leave it on the channel for like a second and then be like, no, nah, and then change, 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 change. It just seems right. like somebody took that and made it into an app. Yes. Yes. And, and yeah, and it's kind of infuriating with you when you're with somebody else and they're flipping channels and you're just like, wait, wait, go back to that thing. What was that? I didn't even get to see what that was is yeah um but i from what i was seeing on some of the youtube and twitter comments i think 
some people really like this sketch. I think if you're on TikTok, it really spoke to you. Yeah, like from what I understand about TikTok and this sketch, this sketch is is exactly what TikTok is. Like, uh, you know, I mean, I got because I'm a comedian, I got a kick out of the scene where uh, Aristotle was a comic on stage and the, mm-hmm. the title was uh, Comedian Destroys Heckler. No, no, it was the other. It was the other way around. It was Heckler destroys comedian. Oh, okay. like the heckler. The heckler said something to Aristotle, and then you just see him looking crushed. Oh yeah, and the, then the heckler's like, "Hey, I'm sorry, man." And then yeah. it goes to something. Yeah, yeah there's like a there was like a lot of uh, like you said like rapid fire sketches and 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 um. But I also did like the the through line they had about how even as teenagers looking through all these videos, the father is still trying to get in touch with him to take out the trash. To the point yeah. where he has to make a TikTok video about, you know, that feeling when your son won't take out the trash. Yeah. <laughs> and then the son is like, Dad, take, delete this. Take this down now. TikTok. And, like, I thought that was a nice little, cool little uh, a thread throughout the sketch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this, this one did next to nothing for me, but... I hear you. Like, I think if you're yeah. somebody who's on TikTok all the time, you know, one yeah. of these uh, y- young people, and, you know, SNL is always trying to, to appeal to the young people, this will uh, hit hard with you. Because I, I I like the, for- I think the format of it is interesting, because it's not like a regular standard, you know, sketch. Like, the way it's kind of set up just like TikTok, and the humor of it is sort of more in tune to what young folks humor is now which is just like looking through videos and and memes and you know that feeling when yeah. blah 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 that type of thing i think this is this will more this will hit harder with the the young people the young folks you young whippersnappers out there than it will for us uh old fossils but i thought this was interesting though i thought the format was interesting and um i was like hmm this is just because i'm just because i'm not so used i'm not used to seeing it I thought it was, like, really interesting. In yeah, that I mean, they, they were trying something different. I'll give them that. I just didn't think this was a successful experiment, and I would not want to see them do it again. I'm afraid that they will, though. <laughs> but, yeah. All right. Next, uh, we have uh, Hip Hop Nativity. Um, this was a nativity pageant rehearsal with uh, Heidi and Billie Eilish as the directors, and they say that they've learned all of hip hop, and they're just – they're they're just going to train all the performers to do hip hop moves. Mm. We got we got a pimp walk for Joseph. Uh, the donkeys were had to shake their asses more, and and uh, Andrew Dismukes was playing Baby Jesus. They wanted to make a butt for him so that he could court, twerk. Um, they tried to get Chloe as Mary to uh, do pole dancing, and then uh, Chloe isn't comfortable doing that so Heidi ends up doing some pole dancing herself on a candy cane stripper pole uh I thought this was pretty dire uh this this is like one of the sketches I didn't I did not rewatch I was just like yeah I can't I can't I can't go to this again why why this was a big old bag of doo-doo I mean just (laughs) like oh hey it's out of touch uh midwest white people doing hip-hop that's always funny. That's not tired or cliched at all, because they're old and late. They're white people, and they're doing the hip hops, and they're doing yeah. get it, they're doing the pimp walk. Because white people doing hip hop, that's that's ridiculous. And like, 
This, there wasn't yeah. anything to the sketch. It was literally them just doing twerking and and uh, there yeah. wasn't and, and uh, it was just very repetitive too. Uh, yeah, just... I kept waiting for like the twist to come or some to for it to yeah. like change in some direction, and it it didn't at all. It was just good. Yeah, this was lame, Lamesville. Yeah, and I did not understand why it was relatively early in the show. I mean, I think that we're still on the first half hour here. Yeah. yeah. Four minutes into the show. It's I was just like, why? Why? <laughs> just, this was like the third sketch of the night. And it, you're doing yeah. like twer- twerking jokes still in 2021. Yeah. We're still, we still think twerking's hilarious. I, uh, uh. Yeah, it was, it was pretty dire. Um, yeah, this is not good. Not good. Yeah. But, uh, Next, we had another pre-tape, uh, which I thought, which I really liked. Um, this was a lonely Christmas ad. This was written by Mikey Day, Allison Gates, Kate McKinnon, and Streeter Seidel. Um, this was uh, Billie Eilish. She's a, a young woman in, in the city. She's looking out her window, getting ready for her Christmas dinner. She sees this lonely old woman across the street, played by Kate McKinnon, who's who seems to be mourning her her deceased husband and uh she holds up uh, she writes a note and holds it up to the window and she's like you know hey would you like to come over for christmas dinner and i'm seeing this and i'm like oh this is like snl doing something sentimental and touching and stuff and and then but but it took a turn and i took a turn that i loved <laughs> it got dark it got dark and like they're, they're communicating back and forth. It's, it's like that Taylor Swift video. Uh, I think it was from her song, uh, you belong to me. Where oh. She's, she's doing that with like cute neighbor kid. Oh, isn't that a Carly Simon song? You belong to me. Fair. No. Oh, okay. I mean, it's a, it's the same title, but it's a different song. Uh, um, I only, it, I only recognize a Carly Simon version. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I, I, I think I saw this video. It must've been on like pop-up video or something like that. Or, or... anyway, um, it made me wonder if like they might've written this for Taylor Swift a few weeks ago mm. and, uh, and it, they did do it for whatever reason, but um, <laughs> yeah, she, she invites the old lady to Christmas dinner. And then the old lady's like, are there any black people there? <laughs> and and Billy was like, what? No, I, I don't think so. And then, and then uh, Kate McKinnon's character writes again, Jews? <laughs> yeah, and then she's like, no, it's just me and my family. I, oh, no, she said, no, I don't think so. And then she yeah, says, yeah. Can, you, can you check? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think at, at one point, like she says, Oh, uh, you know, do you like dogs? There'll be dogs here. And, and Kenan's like, yeah, fine. I'll eat anything. Yeah. And uh, yeah, at some, I think at one point, Billy Eilish writes, no, it's just me and my family. And she says, oh, well. And then Kate McKinnon, the old lady, said, writes, cherish them. All my family are dead. At least yeah. they are to me anyway. They voted for a woman president. Disgraceful. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then a little while later, we meet Mikey as Rutger, uh, who's... Who's this sickly dude that, and, and he holds up a few notes of his own and he's like, she's keeping me sick. And we see her inject him with something. She claims it's getting a medicine. Um, I, I really like this because it took a lot of turns. It built beautifully. 
um, I like the little thing it said at the end. It said like, "Know thy neighbor before you love thy neighbor." Uh, this was this was sketch of the night for me. Yeah, it's weird how like before this was probably the worst sketch of the night, and then mm-hmm. now this, which is the best sketch of the night. I'll agree with you. I thought this was sketch of the night. Like I liked how um, you at first you think it's going to be a very sentimental holiday sketch. You hear yeah. um, an acoustic version of a Smith song playing in the background throughout the whole thing. Yes. Um, I believe I believe it's Billie Eilish's version of it. And, According uh, to our friends at Decomposition Podcast, yes, it was Billie Eilish uh, singing the, the Smith song. Yeah, and so then it starts off thinking, oh, it's going to be SNL's like kind of sweet little holiday pre-tape. They kind of do this, you know, they do this every so often. But then it just takes it just took a darker, darker turn at every at every beat yeah. where you realize the old woman doesn't want to be around black people or Jews. And then she's mm-hmm. keeping who I guess is her son Rutger sick. And um, then the sketch ends with her writing to, um, to uh, Miley, uh, not Miley, Miley Cyrus, to, to Billie Eilish's character. Thank you so much for inviting me. You've made a, an old woman very happy this holiday season. I didn't mm-hmm. kill my husband. Yes. <laughs> and my, and Billy's like, Oh, okay. And then of course I no, Margaret killed her. And then as she leaves, you see a Rutger holding up a sign saying, she is Margaret. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I liked it. And I think it hit harder for me because I thought, oh, yeah, they're going to do the, the touching sentimental thing. And I was just like, and I'm not in that place yet uh, for, for the holiday season. So. No, no. We, we live in the darkness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so I liked it that it took a cool, dark, turn i mean it hit harder uh for me because of that so yeah definitely sketch of the night yeah i mean like and like you said it also ended it also end, ended up being a, a ad for next door which mm-hmm. uh I, I didn't even know what that was but then i looked it up it seems like it's like an app and a website that tells you about what's going on in your neighborhood about you know lo- local businesses and people in your neighborhood selling stuff and whatnot yeah i've heard of that is it okay so it's it's more of like a community knowledge thing. It's not like, oh, your your neighbor two doors down is a sex offender. No, no, <laughs> it's just not. It's not that. I don't know. Okay. I, don't, I don't think they put ads up for that. But uh, yeah, it's more of a well, not ads, but like alerts. Because I, I know they have things like that too, where you can like log on and see all the sex offenders in your area, and then be just terrified of the world. Yeah, of course, as you should be. But I mean, I don't think they put. Ad- yeah. I don't think they put commercials for stuff like that. Would they? Have they? I don't know. <laughs> like find a pedo or something like that or whatever it's called. Uh, I don't know, but I'm going to register that URL right now. Find a pedo. <laughs> All I ask is that the portion of the profits go to me. Okay. Deal. <laughs> you heard it here. You heard it here, listeners. This is legally binding. Okay. Um, all right. So next uh, we had our host uh, performing her musical guest duties. We had Billie Eilish. Um, uh, doing her two numbers, uh, and I did not write down the n- names of her numbers. Where do I have those? Uh, um, she did Happier Than Ever and Male Fantasy. Ooh. You know. So, um, um, I, yeah. She was introduced by her parents in the first number, which I thought that was really nice. That was very sweet. In the second number, she was introduced by Kate. And uh, mm-hmm. I think this is where... Like I, this is where I come in and I say like, yeah, her musical performances, I think were stronger than her performances and sketches. Cause like, this is, you could, you could tell this is where she really like shines. Uh, now uh-huh. I, I also like the, um, 
I guess the stage direction that happened in her first performance because as you see, you see like it looks like she's in a room by herself with yeah. like this like this sort of um, I guess khaki wall uh, like in in the background, and then like the camera does this thing or that where you where like the walls separate actually, mm-hmm. and then as the walls separate, you see the audience. So that's when you realize, oh, all right. So the camera was looking from like where the band is and the wall was in between her and the audience. And then that separates, you see the walls come out, you see the audience and then the camera kind of turns and moves like sort of behind the audience and towards the stage. I thought that was like a nice little cool uh, Mm -hmm. production thing they did. I was like, oh, that's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's always like kind of doing like little you know, uh, performance uh, things like that to sort of enhance the uh, enjoyment in the performance. Like uh, when she was on the first time and she was performing inside like a, a cube or something that was rotating. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so I thought that was like a nice little uh, thing she did. And I, I did enjoy her performance. She's a, she's a very strong singer, you can tell. She really gets into it, really passionate about it. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, I, I think her both her songs were like pretty fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And her brother was there uh, as well? Uh, yes. Phineas. 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 You don't hear too Phineas. many Phineases around anymore. It's not a name you hear a lot anymore. It's, uh, I, I don't want to go so far as to say it's like an obsolete or outdated name, but no, you don't run into many Phineases or Phineai. I don't Ooh. know how you pluralize Phineas. A, a pack of Phineases. A pack of Phineases. Is that the technical term? Yes, I'm going to say okay. a flock of Phineas. A flock of Phineas. <laughs> I loved that band back in high school. <laughs> Space Age Love Song was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. When they did I Ran So Far Away, I mean, uh, that's great stuff. Flock of Phineas's. <laughs> flock of Phineas. Uh, but yeah, I like these performances. I thought this was, uh, I thought this was, you know, they, they were pretty strong performances. And like, I can see why she is like very poised at this point to be like the next big thing. Like, like I said, Mm -hmm. I think I said earlier, like it looks like they're trying to make her like the next lady Gaga or something. And like, I'm like, yeah, I could see that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, next we have weekend update with uh, Colin Joost and Michael Che. Michael Che. Hey. So let's see. Um, let's see. We got some uh, Jesse Smollett jokes. We got some uh, Andrew mm-hmm. Cuomo jokes. We got jokes mm-hmm. all over here. Yeah, I, I liked uh, Joe's line. Uh, Jesse Smollett is really bad at acting, like officially bad at acting. Yeah. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, he was. Uh, he he staged that attack on. That's that's such a weird story and. Like when the judgment came through this week, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that happening. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is basically a recap of what happened the week. Yeah, yeah, the Jesse Smollett thing is just bizarre. It's like, what? what is this even real? What is going on here? It's, that's just insanity. It's just like, how did you think that was going to work? How did you think you were going to get away with that? How did you think that wouldn't be discovered? And you and that would like boost your profile or or what? I I don't even know what the guy's motivations were. I don't know. It might be one of those things where maybe maybe they saw how divided the country was and them thinking maybe if I stage this thing, I'll be like more of a high profile star in the eyes of the left or 
And okay, so Jesse Smollett is being attacked. Is that that's what's going to unify us? That's what's going to pull us together as a country? I, I don't know, man. I'm just thinking off the. I'm just think. I'm just spitballing here. I don't know. That's that just seems weird. <laughs> that yes. just seems weird. Just seems weird enough um, to work. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Uh, I liked uh, Jay's line. He's talking about the the Fox News Christmas tree and uh, Fox News is uh, Ainsley uh, Earhart. Uh, said this Scrooge is not going to get away with it, and he says nothing explains Fox News better than a rich white lady calling a homeless man Scrooge. Which it's great observation. Bravo, bravo. I also like the Che's other joke about um, the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, where mm-hmm. a, a woman was on um, was on a well, where a woman says that Ghislaine told her that um, Epstein needed to have sex at least three times a day, and if not, he'd kill himself. Mm-hmm. Done silence from the audience. Michael Che bursts Dead out. silence. Michael Che bursts out laughing. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and then Joe looks at him and is like, that was good, come on. But did you yeah. get it, though? Did you get it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> if, if I can backtrack to the, the Fox News Christmas tree being on fire. Oh, please do. That that was insane because like I saw like a Fox thing where they're getting outraged about it because they love nothing more than to get outraged about stuff. Right. Um, they, but one of the the Fox and Friends hosts was like, "This tree represents Christmas. This tree represents Hanukkah." They were trying to present it like at the it's a Christmas tree for everybody. And I'm like, "No, I'm I'm pretty certain that Christmas trees do not represent Hanukkah." Yeah, Fox I, I, News person. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just a yeah, you know, silly Gentile, but I'm pretty sure Christmas trees are just for the people that celebrate Christmas. I don't know. They are pretty much the opposite of representing Hanukkah. And, you know, they have things to represent Hanukkah, like menorahs. Yeah, dreidels. They made them out of clay. <laughs> I just I, I just thought that was hilarious. We're just they're like, oh, yeah, no, we're... We're all about unity and diversity, and our Christmas tree represents the Jews. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, yeah. And I also liked how people were online saying, "Hey, they seem more upset about this than you know that that little thing that happened on you know January 6th. They seem well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that was just a bunch of people getting together, having a good time. But the tree, yeah, no, but the tree, that's the, a... the faux outrage. Uh, uh faux outrage. Uh, I like the, they had a line about uh, how kids over five in New York City now must show proof of vaccination because if there's one thing a five year old can do, it's keep track of a small piece of paper. Uh, that made me laugh. Yeah, I'm in my mid forties. I can barely keep track of a small piece of paper. I I just keep it in my jacket pocket, and that's and then I always know where it is. So oh, look smart. Yeah, well, that's all I can do because I know otherwise I would lose it like a Christmas card from friends and acquaintances. Yes. You have to tie it to my sleeve like a child does a like a child glove. Exactly. Exactly. A um, mitten. So we, we had a couple uh death segments. We had Punky Johnson on her family's holiday rules. Uh this this basically just felt like something drawn out of Punky Johnson's stand up. Yeah, very yeah. much so. This seems like very much like straight from her act, uh, but I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought this was great. Like she had some jokes about, uh, you know, family coming over, 
And, you know, who gets to make the potato salad? It's usually the person who's gone through the most adversity because, as Mm -hmm. we all know, the person who's seen the most pain in their life, they make the best uh, food. They make, you know, that's the secret ingredient. (laughs) The secret ingredient of potato salad is pain. Um, That's right. I like that. I I like that. I was just like, I want to have some potato salad made by Punky Johnson's family. I bet it's good stuff. Yeah, even that Che jumped in. He's like, oh, yeah, my uncle, he makes the potato salad. He doesn't have a foot. And Bucky's like, yeah. damn, this potato salad must be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she also talked about how she she wants uh, kids, but she doesn't want a daughter because she's afraid she might be straight. And she's like, I don't want my baby girl to get boned. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, no one does. <laughs> and then she just talks about how she's basically just going to train her, her child to be gay. <laughs> All the conservatives are like, see, you can do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I like this. It, it kind of reminded me of uh, me, because like I know people have been sort of concerned about Punky's uh, stay on the show, because she hasn't been in too many episodes at all this uh, yeah. season. She's like, if you think about like the past few episodes, she's been in it very minimally. So people are wondering, oh, she on her way out. What's happening with Punky? Um, yeah. So to see her do this uh, segment, I, you know, gave a lot of people a sigh of relief. They was like, oh, oh, thank God Punky's here. And I really dig it. It seems like she's might be going like the Pete Davidson route where her best stuff is when it's just them talking on Weekend, weekend Update being themselves. Mm-hmm. And like that, that'll endure her to the audience. And that's how they get to know her best. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was all right. I didn't think it was great. I didn't. It didn't feel like like a home run breakout the way, like say Andrew Dismukes, uh his piece on Update felt last year when he mm. did, he did that thing towards the end of the season. Um, I feel like she needs a couple more of these to to really be on solid footing on the show. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, she had a, it seemed like she had a great time. She was like laughing throughout the whole thing, and her and Che were yeah. having a good time. But yeah, like I think. I, I think she like if she does more of these, I think she'll be on her way to like sort of cementing herself in the uh, SNL cast and people getting to know her and like her and wanting to see more of her. Yeah, I mean, it's just you know she's she's well into her her second year on the show, I think. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I mean she she needs something soon. It feels like. Yeah, that's very true, and I mean the fact that people kind of. Know James Orson Johnson and um, and uh, you know a, a lot of other people who have been there and, and and those other people you can't name right now. Yeah, no, no I was going to say Aristotle <laughs> or Sarah, but I mean Sarah kind of. You were going to, but you didn't. I was no, because I was all right. All right, here's my thinking. I was going to say James Orson Johnson because he's gotten a ton of screen time. Aristotle, right. he's gotten a few bits here and there, and of course he has um, Angelo. But like, I guess she's he's. I guess you might be on the same footing as Punky, where he hasn't been on a ton of stuff to be like, he hasn't had too many big breakout moments. And Sarah mm-hmm. had a few, but maybe not enough to really stick. I mean, she had the, um, yeah. the stool testing and her weekend update desk segment. So, yeah, and that's about it. Yeah. So, so that's why I say it seems like Punky is kind of, is like on the same level as cast members who have been there lesser, less than her. Or for like yeah. a shorter amount of time, and that's yeah. a bit of an issue, right? Right. But I like this. I like this segment, though. 
All right. Well, uh, speaking of newish people, we also had uh, Andrew Dismukes' Amazing Animals. Cause, uh, the Mukes! You know, he loves animals. Yeah. And uh, he had uh, Bongo the Octopus uh, there to predict Sunday's game. And <laughs> it takes a turn when Bongo instead predicts, you will die in seven days. Yeah, I did not. Ex- a lot of dark stuff got on this episode, <laughs> I'm noticing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's a, so it's basically, like I said, Andrew Dismukes, you know, wearing the khaki vest, like he's, uh, like, like, a you know, like the Jack Hanna of the old, uh, Johnny Carson days with his, you know, animal, uh, acts. And I knew something was going to happen when he brought out the tank of the octopus and then the camera kind of cut to close-ups of him, his face, and then a close-up of Colin Joe's face. And then mm-hmm. they do the wide camera back out, and you see that the octopus wrote, you will die in seven days, instead of picking yeah. who uh, was going to win the uh, the football game. And so, so yeah. Th- yeah. yeah, so then it's just this mooks kind of taking in this news, like, wow, I, uh, I, I, I'm going to die in seven days. And then the octopus writes. I, I liked how he was immediately accepting of it. He was immediately accepting of his fate, and it was just like, I'm sorry, my friend. I see what I see. <laughs> Farewell, sweet prince. Yeah, and wh- <laughs> also while all this is happening, Andrew has his face painted like a tiger. <laughs> yes. So he's wearing. Yeah. So he has like, like, a, like a kid who just went to the carnival. <laughs> exactly. So he has his face painted like a tiger, while an octopus tells him he's going to die in a week. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, hilarious. That, that was fun. And then uh, next, he, he brings out Taco, the talking dog. Love the names on these animals, by the way. Um, Great names. And and he, he he has, I mean, we've got like a real dog behind it, and then we've got somebody under the update desk with the fake dog paws pushing buttons that are supposedly answering Andrew's questions. But the, the answers to the questions are all just like, are you going to die? <laughs> like the dog is very concerned. Yeah, and we, we should also know like the dog... Not quite cooperating with the sketch. The dog's kind of looking off to the side, to the distance. I guess mm-hmm. there's food underneath him that he's eating. Uh, so while the, the the dog is looking off to the side because he's like, "Where's Cicely Strong? I was, I thought I was supposed to be performing a Cicely Strong. Who is this other person?" <laughs> I had um, it in my. I was told I would be performing mm-hmm. with Cicely Strong. It's in my contract. Who is this I man? Mean, because because you have a dog. In Studio 8H, the dog is just automatically going to be weirded out that they are not playing opposite Cecily Strong. It's just an, against the natural order of things. And you know what? Fair enough. I get it. Mm-hmm. I, under- mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying, dog. If I was, so, if I saw no Cecily, yeah. I'd be upset myself. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's just the default state. I mean, so <laughs> for half this thing, the dog is like facing away from the camera either like looking to the side off off uh, the stage uh, uh, off stage or like back towards the backdrop so it's uh you know even the the lame illusion is not really coming off right but but this was fun I liked it it was it was weird it, it was dark it was it was really cool uh yeah this was a this was a home run for me I thought it was I thought yeah. it was funny I always like it when like weekend updates segments like this kind of go off onto their own side story and yeah. like about like what the person's going through. So now 
Andrew just mukes is learning he's gonna die in a week, and um, yeah, uh, the, all the animals are concerned for him and saying, "I'm I'm sorry you're going through this. I love you." Yeah, and yeah. like while well, he's trying to put on a brave face, while uh, his face is painted like a tiger. It's... Yeah, this was a lot of fun. This was a lot. I don't think they ever commented on his face paint either, which was a nice touch. Yeah, uh, yeah, this was a hoot. I thought this was great. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, overall weekend update. Not not too bad. I also liked uh, one more shout out to one of uh, Chase jokes where he, he was talking about female doctors make 2 million less than men. He goes, that's not right. Female doctors. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God, oh. I laughed. <laughs> oh, Jay. <laughs> your, your misogyny is hilarious. And I it did really laugh. At, I liked, I laughed at the joke, so I can't. I can't front, yeah. as you could say. Exactly. Well, you know, it's a nice and expected turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so next we had a sketch called Santa Song. This was written by Anna Driesen, uh, Alex English, Alison Gates, and Kent Sublet. Ooh. So like uh, this was uh, Billie Eilish, uh, Kate, and Ego. They were just singing a song about how they, how uh, Billie Eilish's character met Santa and made it weird. Yeah, um, it's just that's, that's basically like sort of the premise where she, he. I, I mean, I did have one line that I did like where Billie Eilish uh, sings, where because basically it's Kate and Ego as uh, Billie's backup singers, and they're kind of doing like mm-hmm. a '40s crooning type of thing. And Billie says, "Hey guys, guess what? I met Santa." And then Ego says, "You met the Santa, like in the Bible?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a good line. That's a good line. And uh, yeah, so basically the whole song is basically about them meeting Santa and of course Santa being so famous they just made it weird and say odd things like hey mama nice teeth and Santa mm-hmm. asking them have you been naughty or nice and of course them responding with who's asking virgin <laughs> yeah uh it was it was good uh, i enjoyed the 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 awkwardness of it again i thought it was a little weird that uh, Cecily wasn't in there cuz we know that uh, Cecily enjoys the singing yeah like that's two for two. It's a sketch with a dog, no Cecily, and a sketch mm-hmm. with singing, no Cecily. What the flip? No Light show for her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was in the cold open. Uh, she was in a sketch that got cut for time, which we'll we'll, we'll bring up. Right. But... Was she in the Christmas card sketch? I don't remember her in that. Oh, uh, I don't believe so. I don't believe so. Yeah. Very interesting. So. Yeah, on you. I mean, it's just weird that somebody who's been around on the show for as long as Cecily still has the occasional light show. But uh, I guess that's what's going to happen when you have uh, more cast members on the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Yes. <laughs> it's a small village at this point. It really, it really is. It really is. is. It's, like, it's like Cincinnati or something. It's just like a small town. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, I don't have much else to say about that one. So move on to the next. Yeah, I thought it was uh, the sketch was charming enough. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, wasn't laugh out loud, but I was like, all right. Yeah, it was cute, and you know, I mean, and uh, you know, it was nice to see everybody made up. Uh, Belly Eilish was had a, like a blonde wig on and a red uh, sequin dress, so she looked kind of Marilyn Monroe-y. Yes, and that, you know, that was kind of cool. Um, next, we had another thing about social awkwardness. Uh, it was a pre-tape called Kyle's <laughs> Holiday. Um, yeah, you're writing credits in this one. I'm gonna assume Kyle Mooney. <laughs> Contributed to the writing on this? You don't say. Just a hunch. Hey, John, did you realize uh, Kyle is awkward and off-putting? 
<laughs> Apparently so, yes. Um, I mean, it really... Sketches like this, they really make me wonder, is, does Kyle actually creep out the people at SNL this much, or is this just all in his head? <laughs> I don't know. It, it does seem like a little bit of like real life does bleed into these Kyle sketches a little bit. There's, there's one line he says where I'm like, oh, that's, that seems like it came from a real place. Well, I mean, it, it starts out he's uh, like... Punky and 80 are just you know sitting at a table and they're talking about their holiday plans and Kyle, who apparently ha- doesn't have any relatives to visit or, or anybody nearby, he's just kind of like, hey, you know, do you guys want to hang out for, for the Christmas holiday? And they're like, well, no, we're spending time with our family. And we, we see him later with Bowen and, and Bowen's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go fly, visit my family. And Kyle just goes, well, if the plane crashes or anything, <laughs> you know, look me up. <laughs> yeah, and Bo was like, Jesus Christ, why'd you say that? <laughs> and we find out like even the even the NBC page doesn't want to hang out with him because he has plans with his family. Yeah. And 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 Kyle uh he says like even the please don't destroy guys said I shouldn't be alive. Jesus. Which seems harsh. A little, just a little bit. Uh seems harsh. Yeah, because like so. I mean, the, the line I was talking about was, so, like, basically, like, everybody said they can't hang out because they hang out with his family. And then we see Bowen, or not Bowen, uh, Kyle singing, oh, another lonely Christmas. So that, what, that made me think they were going to go into a music bit. But then Billie mm-hmm. Eilish comes out and sings with him a little bit, and then they just they just stop the song. Uh, and then Billy says, yeah. Billy says, hey, Kyle, wow, you have a very beautiful voice. And Kyle's like, yeah, they don't know, they don't know how to use me around here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was cute. I was like, oh, did that come from a real place there, Kyle? That made me chuckle. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, and... and, uh, He he, he details a little more. He's talking to Billy and... and, You know, he, he talks about how he doesn't fit in with the gas. He's like, you know, Keenan still calls me Beck Bennett. Uh, <laughs> Heidi and Ego have this fun game where they don't follow me on Instagram. And then he talks about how... <laughs> this weird thing he has going on with Mikey Day where he, he ties Mikey Day up with, with duct tape or or this is what he imagines doing. Yeah, he imagines, like, I think he talks about all the cast members he appreciates and likes and he talks about mm-hmm. Keenan, Heidi, Ego, uh, Pete, and it's like, yeah, everybody here gives me joy, you know, except for Mikey Day. Like, I just, right. I just feel, have this dream where I, like, I, t- I tie him up and like I drag him into a closet, but and my, there's a face over, there's a mask over my face, but I let it down a little bit so he knows it's me. Then, mm-hmm. then I pour gasoline on him, and then I go, and then I go into his office and change all of his names on his scripts to my name, and then I become the the breakout star. I'm Don Junior. Right. And, and then Billy hears all this, and she's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and she and when they run into Mikey in the hall, she's like. Run, quit the show, go make a new life for yourself, for your own safety. Yeah. Again, <laughs> more dark stuff in this episode. More, yeah, they they did take a dark turn in the episode. Um, and, but, you know, I still I still kind of feel bad uh, for, for Kyle Mooney. And, uh, you know, I've already tweeted about this, but, you know, Kyle Mooney, I'll hang out with you for Christmas. There you go, Kyle Mooney. Official yeah. invitation. You and me, we can we can hang out. We can do stuff. We can we can go be socially awkward together. Yes, Kyle Mooney, you can yeah. hang out. You can hang out with one of the illustrious SNL nerds. 
this Christmas mm-hmm. vacation. That's right. All you have to do and, is reach out. I mean, it's not going to be awkward because we met before Ooh. outside of the New York Comic Con a couple of years ago. So you have a history. I mean, we'll have we'll have so much to talk about. We'll have so much to catch up on. I know, Mike. And, and I can I can make a case of why you should play the Muppet New Zealand on the show. Hashtag Cal for New Zealand. Yeah. So, I mean, um, um, so 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 you know, give me a call. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Mooney, if you're listening, and I know you are, this seems like a yeah. too good an opportunity to pass up, my friend. Yeah, I mean. Offers open. You have my info. You have my, you know, you have my social media. So, at Trumbull Comic on Twitter. John, and now we wait. And now we wait. Um, but yeah, as far as, as far as this sketch goes, I liked it. Like, I know sometimes I can be kind of touch and go with Kyle Mooney sketches, just because his mm-hmm. brand of humor is a little. It's a, it's a little. Uh, it can be hit and miss. Yeah, it can be I, hit and I miss. like this one. I thought this was one of the stronger Kyle Mooney joints. Yeah, no, I agree. I, agree. I, I, I guess if I was to compare his type of humor to any other SNL cast member, I was thinking about it over the weekend. I was thinking he's, it's kind of like, I don't know, maybe like Chris Elliott, if I could think. Like his, like Chris Elliott has a yeah. very particular type of humor that a lot of people don't really get into that much, but the people that do get into it really like it. It's, it's a mm-hmm. little oddball, it's a little off uh, kilter, but um, the people that love it, love it. And I think Kyle yeah, Mooney is yeah. kind of in that that vein where it's... I mean, uh, he's very offbeat, but I feel like he really knows his lane and he's carved out his own uh, niche of the show. Yeah, so. I would say so. But yeah, as far as Kyle Mooney sketches go, I I dug this one. I thought this was a hoot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, lastly, oh, wow, holy cow, we're like at the end of the show already. Whoa! Time flies. Uh, Lastly, we have Hotel Ad, which is uh, just uh, Kate McKinnon and Billy Osh. Man, Kate McKinnon was like all over this show, wasn't yeah. she? she they, they brought her. She came back with a vengeance. She came in, yeah. she came in mean, like a wrecking was, ball. I, I mean, I love me some Kate McKinnon, but I feel like we were just on the verge of like too much Kate McKinnon. I mean, she was... She was great in everything that she had to do, but I was like, ooh, let's let's space it out a little because I feel like some other people were kind of underserved. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, I like Kate McKinnon, but we have we have a huge cast of all these other people. Let them do a little mm-hmm. bit more. Let them let them a little bit more. Let them let Heidi shine a little bit more. Let's pull Kate back a little bit. Like we don't want to. I mean, I know people love Kate and they want to see more and more of her, but at the same time, you can't, mm-hmm. you don't want to. Yeah, and, and we have missed her for the last seven episodes, but. Yeah. Whew, yeah, let's let's balance it out a little. But, you know, I guess you can't you can't give everybody an equal amount of airtime every week. Uh, this, by the way, Hotel Ad was written by Billy uh, Domino, uh, Anna Driesen, and Vanessa Jackson. And I apologize to anyone who's not Vanessa Jackson, because I probably mispronounced your name. Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. Yes. Um, so I, I enjoyed uh, this. This was just uh, uh, Kate and Billy as like two hotel employees who were just listing all the amenities of, of this hotel chain. Like, uh, yeah. You know, there's a hot tub that's always occupied by an eight-year-old in goggles who stares at your breasts. <laughs> Yeah, this is so the the hospital, the hotel chain. This is for the Business Garden Inn and Suites and Hotel Room Inn. 
Yes. And uh, we've kind of seen these type of sketches before. It's like a lot of word salad. Um, it's mostly done by um, Kate and Aidy, where it's like the two of them yeah. just describing, you know, it's a commercial for uh, whatever place they work at. I, I, this this kind of reminded me a lot of the uh, the apple picking sketch that Kate and Aidy did during the Woody Harrelson episode, where it's just uh-huh. them kind of listing things that you would see while you're apple picking. This is them listing things you'd see um at a, a hotel chain like um band-aid colored blankets and a chair for your suitcase um mm-hmm. you know black and white picture of a ferris wheel in your hotel room uh you know you go down to uh the breakfast uh bar you see wet eggs and cereal in gumball machines you know it's just like a lot of just them kind of rattling off all the things you'd see in a hotel yeah, I mean, it, it felt like very stream of consciousness for me. And you could tell they were having fun with it. Uh, Billie Eilish was uh, cracking a bit. She's breaking. Uh, so yeah. it, it was fun. And, it's a, you know, it's a, just a fun, uh, weird, oddish sketch to end out the night with. So I, th- yeah. I thought they were ending kind of strong. Yeah, I, they did have a couple of lines that I liked where Billie Eilish said, yes, this hotel, we put the hospital in hospitality. Or... Mm-hmm. Or you know we've been. I liked how they talked about the uh, in the the breakfast area. Like the yogurt is locked up at like eight fifty nine a.m. It's like you want yogurt? Wake up at four, bitch. <laughs> Which I I I think the few times I have stayed in hotels, I have noticed like the they do keep the yogurt under lock and key for some odd mm-hmm. reason. Uh, and we also got an appearance from uh, Phineas as the bellhop, who will Trevor. Uh, yes, yes, he will drop your bags. He will listen to Joe Rogan on his phone without headphones, and he will offer to get you cocaine and totally flake. Yeah. So, um, yeah. There's that's there's that. So. Uh, yeah, um, so for the most part, I thought this was all right. Um, it's like you said, there was a lot of chuckling. Billy was breaking quite a bit. She kind of broke a, a little bit in a lot of these sketches. I've noticed she a lot of chuckling on her end and yeah yeah i I didn't think she did it uh enough that it was like majorly disruptive and you know she's not a she's not a trained actor so that's true i'm definitely gonna cut her some slack on that so right it wasn't like like a jimmy fallon amount no it didn't get to the obnoxiousness of a jimmy fallon where it's like okay come on (laughs) you're a you're you're a paid performer let's come exactly (laughs) knock it off Exactly. Um, so, uh, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, overall, I thought it was a pretty good show outside of that uh, weird, horrible nativity sketch. Yeah, I thought the, I think the the, the first half was a little weak, but it definitely got mm-hmm. better and stronger as it went on. Like I think around the uh, the pre tape, the uh, lonely Christmas pre tape, that's when it started to kick in the gear. For me. Yeah, Lonely Christmas, uh, definitely the highlight of the show for Ab- me. Absolutely. It was a banger, as the kids say. It was mwah, chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple uh, Cut for Time sketches that SNL has posted up on their YouTube page. Uh, should you want to go over those? Yeah, sure. We can go over those real quick. All right. Uh, well, first we had a uh, Please Don't Destroy sketch uh, that was... Uh, that's called Future Cells. That, of course, is written by the uh, Please Don't Destroy guys of Martin Harrelly, John Higgins, and Ben Marshall. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's, it's a Please Don't Destroy boys hanging out in their offices as they do. 
and uh, then they get visited by their future selves through uh, through a bit of a time loop. And we see the future uh, Martin, we see the future John, and the future Ben. Um, and like it's them trying to warn them about basically the oncoming apocalypse and how they they you know that they came back to try to stop the all of it and trying to save mankind. But of course, the please don't destroy mm-hmm. boys or just obsessed with like the way their older selves look. And, you know, why is he, yeah. you know, uh, I think Martin is dressed, you know, kind of like a, like Johnny Depp is now with like all tons of beads and scarves. He's like, why are you dressed like that? And he was like, yeah, we went through a pretty rough divorce. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's a lo- divorce so hard, you guys. Mm, oof. Oof. Uh, this was, this was okay. I didn't feel like it was quite up to their usual standards. I, I watched this and I was kind of like, okay, I, I kind of see why this was cut. Yeah. I thought it was all right. Um, yeah, not super strong like their other stuff, but yeah, I'm, I'm fine with uh, this getting cut. It was fine. Didn't blow me away. Yeah. Uh, next we had, uh, Angelo Christmas, Uh which, uh, (laughs) on, on the, the season 47 Reddit thread, they, they listed as recurring. Um, can we really say it's recurring when the second time they do it is cut from the show? Yeah. I don't think that quite qualifies. I think they're trying to make it recurring, but it's not yeah, it's not yeah. quite there yet. I feel like they're try they're gonna try again. Um yeah. this was written by Aristotle Atari, of course, uh Martin Harley, John Higgins, Ben Marshall, so the uh the Please Don't Destroy Guys, and Brian Tucker. And this is uh Mikey and Cecily uh, witnessing another performance by Angelo, who's like the international sensation and he gets a word and makes a song about it and he always mm-hmm. asks you to repeat the word yes say for me say for me he already had the catchphrase say for me say for me say for me and you will hear it several times over the course of the sketch uh, and then uh, billy eilish comes in again as like his his partner uh didn't write down her character name uh deb but, uh, from uh rake from iceland i believe well there you go um yeah, I, again, I I think I agree with the choice to to cut this, even though Aristotle didn't have much else in the show. Uh, I just felt like it was a little too soon to bring this character back. Mm, I see what you're saying, but I think I still would have left this in, especially over the nativity sketch. Like, if, if you mm-hmm. take that out and put this in, I think you would have had a stronger overall episode. Yeah, I... I would take this over the nativity sketch because I felt the nativity sketch was so weak. Um, I felt like this one was basically elevated by the performances. I felt the performances were were good, but I I think the main reason to keep this in would have been so that you have more of Mikey, Cecily, and Aristotle in the show. I'll I'll agree with that. Like the the banter and the back and forth that Cecily and Mikey had was really good. I thought that that was pretty fantastic. I would, I would like to see that in the show. Yeah, I, I felt like the performance is elevated on this. I didn't think the writing was real strong. I, I feel like it's just a really repetitive character. And so I'm going to get sick of this character very quickly. I mean, but isn't that most like a recurring character that just kind of, you know, that's like Chad's okay and, and whatnot? Uh, it's very, very many of the recurring characters. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> familiarity breeds contempt and i've heard that i've heard that yeah all right um yeah and that's the episode guys um 
Overall, not too bad. Uh, weak beginning, strong finish. Um, I, th- I thought it was a, I thought it was okay overall. And you know, uh, for me, the lonely Christmas uh, sketch was sketch of the night. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay, so we asked uh, our Twitter followers, uh, you know, what do you think? We, and we got we got some comments. What? Uh, yeah. So it's uh, Boardman gets paid. He's at Lee Leho the Lion. Mm. Yeah, I think that's the handle. Uh, he says, "Glad the show is back and you guys reviewing it." Uh, so so versus has been pitting best of music together. Who would be your ideal sketch for sketch versus? Mine would be Christopher Walken versus Eddie Murphy. Rules are any host or cast member with at least ten sketches. Mm. God, that's that's a huge question. Um, yeah, I'd I'd have to sit down with like a pen and paper with this one. Uh, yeah, I mean, off the top of my head, I mean, you'd have to put Tom Hanks in there somewhere. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't know if I'd put I'd pit hosts against uh, cast members personally, but yeah, that's true. Um, I'd, I'd probably, you know, have host against host and cast member against cast member. That seems more fair to me. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, cast member against cast member. I don't know. Maybe like Will Ferrell versus Sandler. Is that fair? Or maybe I don't know. Uh, this, this is sure. I mean, they they both had similar huge impacts on the show. I don't. Yeah. I mean, there's so many potential comparisons you can get. I mean, that's just. This question could be a whole show in itself. It really honestly. could. I think we have some, I mean, I think we found our first topic for the break. Uh, maybe, yeah. If we want to do a topic show, this could be a, a good topic. Um, so, uh, let's see. We've got John uh, Nanius. He's at uh, Burton-esque 92. So, I'm assuming you're like a Tim Burton Batman Returns fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, says, we've had one update piece from Punky as a character and one with her being herself. Uh, would you rather see her bring more characters into that venue or do more stand-up material? I know I'd say the latter. I really liked the vibe of this spot. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I I would agree. I think... Um... You know, like I said, like much like Pete Davidson, it, it's, uh, you know, they're stand-up comedians and they're always best when they're just being themselves, talking about their lives and who they are and where they come from. And like, that's that's a good way to get to know the person and endear them to you. You know, not endure. Uh, that's a good way to endear them. <laughs> that's a good way to endear them to you and get to know sure. them. So I think, I think it's like I said earlier, like if Punky does more stuff like this, I think she'll be able to sort of find yeah. her uh, find her place in the in the cast. I mean, honestly, at this point, I feel like she needs to do both. Uh, mm. You know, because it's she's she's just gotta yeah, she's just gotta do more on the show if she's if she's gonna last. Yeah, or they need to write more for her for the show. I mean, I shouldn't put it all on Punky's shoulders. Yeah, well, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so our good friend Mikey with two E's mm-hmm. says, uh, seemed to start slow, but got better towards the end, though Billy did a good job overall. Enjoyed Lonely Christmas and thought update was decent. Hotel ad was okay. Felt like a sketch from season 37, 38. Just watched the PDD sketch. Why didn't Higgins play older Higgins? And that is a good Steve one. Higgins. Yeah, Steve Higgins play older Higgins. And that is a good yeah. question. Why didn't Steve Higgins play older Higgins? 
or younger Higgins. Yeah, Steve Higgins. If if you don't know, he's also a longtime writer for SNL, and uh, uh, Ben Higgins and and Please Don't Destroy is his son, and Steve Higgins is also uh, Jimmy Fallon's sidekick on uh, or announcer on the Tonight Show right now. He's not really a sidekick, I guess. Right, and they could have gotten Martin Hurley or Martin Hurley's dad, Tim Hurley, to play Martin. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Missed yeah. opportunity, guys. That would have been that would have been fun. Absolutely. So, and uh, then we got a email or text rather from uh, a tweet, a text, Jesus, from a daily comedy news podcast at DCN mm-hmm. Podcast saying, uh, "End was better than the end was better than the start. The show had a major obvious weak link, and that was the host flat monologue, bad promoter reading, or bad prompter promoter. I think you mean prompter reading. Prompter, right?" Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> Pat, they read the promoter really badly. Uh, lost it uh, lost it a few times, not sharp in sketches. I know she's a young performer, but if Variety is going to put out an article suggesting she nailed it, I guess I can name names. So, um, yeah. Okay. Um, I will just point out um, you did not actually name names. You just said the host. Yeah. You did not refer to the host by name. I mean, the host, that does narrow it down quite a bit, but... <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Um, yeah, I, I thought she did a better job than you did, obviously, a daily comedy news podcast, uh, but... Okay. Yeah. I, I guess you don't want to see her back. I I wouldn't mind. She's not someone I'm clamoring to see back, but... I, th- I thought she did fine. Yeah, that's... especially for for a non uh, actor. Yeah, I'll. I mean, I'll agree with um, Daily Comedy News saying they did. She didn't nail it, but she. I think she did okay. Um, yeah, yeah, it's like uh, like you said, she's nineteen. She hasn't acted too much, let alone acting in a live sketch comedy. So, yeah. I mean, if you take all that into consideration, you you got a grade on a little bit of a of a curve. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I do agree with um, with Daily Comedy when like you know some media outlets like like Variety or say like she crushed it, she totally nailed it. Oh, like they like kind of hype her up more than it actually was. And yeah, I, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't say she crushed it or she nailed it or she she, she you know, Yas Queen. She 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 did that shit. She I thought she did good. She did fine. Yes, I'll, and I'll leave it at that. Okay. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so that's the episode, guys. Thanks again for listening, as mm-hmm. always. Um, you know, as always, you can follow us on Twitter, at SNL Nerd Show. Uh, you know, we yeah. uh, we actually just put out our bonus episode just moments ago. Yes. So give that yes. a listen. Uh, that, as you're hearing this, uh, this dropped on Sunday. We did a bonus episode this week with uh, John Ostrander and Bob Greenberger. And uh, that's talking a little about uh, tying in with our last episode on four Mad Men only. Uh, John Ostrander, of course, uh, wrote the comic Wasteland with uh, the late, great Del Close. And he also uh, co-created or created the uh, revival of the Suicide Squad that basically came to uh, uh, theaters in the Suicide Squad movie that Pete Davidson did earlier this year. And Bob Greenberger was his editor on that. So they... They told us all the cool behind-the-scenes information on that stuff, and it's it's a really cool conversation. So uh, check that out. Yeah, no, it's a good one, guys. Listen to it. That was, it mm-hmm. is a banger, as the kids say. It is. It is. It was really fun to uh, talk to both of them, and I was really glad we were able to pull that off. 
Um, I should also mention I'm on another podcast. Uh, this dropped like a couple weeks ago on December 2nd, I think. I was on another episode of Cheerscast uh, talking with my friend Ryan Daly about the uh, fourth season Cheers episode, Diane Chambers Day, where they all go to the opera. And that was a lot of fun. Nice, nice. Very so nice. check that out. That's uh, Cheers Cast on the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Okay, and um, yeah, and as a, oh, actually, all right. Well, here's something I'll bring up because I'm just looking at this right now. Uh, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm looking through Instagram right now, and um, so I'm looking at Chloe's Chloe Feynman's uh, Instagram account, and uh, she put up cyberstalking. Got it. Yeah, yeah, you know, as you do. It's the holidays, yeah. and uh, she actually put out she re put out a, a tweet that Lauren Bobert. The Lauren Bober put out about her performance on SNL uh, last night uh-huh. in the cold open. Uh, Lauren Bobert says, just saw the poorly acted SNL skit from last night. Seeing the poor triggered dis- discipline from the no- no-name actress who played me makes me think Alec Baldwin did the gun safety training over there. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> By the way, when are they moving SNL over to CNN to die out of irrelevance? So that's fun. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, okay. <laughs> she's a she's in Cong- she's a congresswoman. That's she's a politician. That's oh <laughs> the real uh oh, real life is weird. The poor trigger discipline. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, so she's not talking about like, oh, she was triggered. She's talking she's criticizing Yeah, because she had her, her finger on the uh on the trigger. I get I... prop gun. I guess I don't know. This is all word salad to me. It read as, as well. Yeah, like most. No, no. Yeah, I'm seeing it now. It read as wacky babble. Yeah. Uh, less less. Poor trigger discipline. You're you're putting guns in the hands of your fucking. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Life's weird. I'm I'm sure the finger on the trigger. Was that was another part of the parody, lady? Yeah, that's not her doing something out of ignorance. That's her doing it because you are insane. Exactly. Here, here. <laughs> and where can the people follow you, John? Uh, well, you can follow me on uh, on Twitter uh, at Trumbull Comic. That's T R U M B U L L and the word comic and did you give your uh handles i can't uh, remember uh no but i'll do it again did i i probably did okay. i'll do it again twitter instagram do at it the, again twitter instagram at darren credible d-a-r-i-n credible follow do it bam yes. yeah, yeah yeah and uh next week we're gonna be back because snl is back with another new episode so we thought it'd be good if we covered that and uh they're bringing back uh paul rudd to host i believe it's gonna be his fifth time yes five timers hey oh and uh, another returning musical guest, uh, Charlie XEX. Right, final episode of 2021, people. It's gonna be, it's gonna be yeah. a hoot. I feel. Did I say XEX or XCX? XCX. XCX. Uh, I think it said XCX or CX. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Something that's like that. good. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I remember enjoying her the last time she was on the show, and you know, Paul Rudd. Always love me some Paul Rudd. Always love the Rudd. Always love me some Paul Rudd. And we're going to get a little late uh, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife plug-in. 
Will we see a Ghostbusters parody? Will, will we see some cameos from some Ghostbusters? I Who knows. I don't know. I think I do think since this is five, his fifth time, we're going to see some five timers club appearances. I mean, I think that's I think that's a given. Uh, maybe they yeah they haven't done a five five timers thing in a while. I think the last time they did that was when they had Justin Timberlake join. Am I right on that? Um, maybe. I'd have to Google that. Yeah. But I, I can almost guarantee, I mean, it's going to be the last episode of the season. It's going to be the Christmas episode. He's joining the five timers. I can guarantee you we're going to see some, we're going to see some celeb cameos. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll put, I'll, I'll, I'll put money on it. Yeah. Um, okay. I can't, I cannot find a, a nice list of all the, I'm finding lists of all the people who are in the Five Timers Club, which is great, but I'm not seeing a thing of all the Five Timers Club sketches Ugh. in chronological order. Um, so it's a bummer. Jonah Hill's in it. I'd forgotten that. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. Jonah Hill was in the last it. time they did that. Yeah. Oh no, wait. Okay, it says here on the SNL wiki, uh, the most recent time the Five Timers Club is seen is when Justin Timberlake reached the spot. Paul Simon, Steve Martin, Chevy Chase, Alec Baldwin, Tom Hanks, and Candace Bergen were seen in this appearance. Dan Aykroyd made a cameo as a bartender. Blah, blah, blah. Martin Short appeared as a waiter. Michael Bryan, who had made an appearance as a doorman. Okay, yeah, so that's nice. Uh, yeah, probably not going to see Alec Baldwin. Aww. I think that's a safe bet. Boo. Well, I get it. I understand why. He's he's got his own stuff going on right now. He's doing things. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. So, so fair enough. Okay. So we'll we'll be back next week with uh, Paul Rudd and uh, Charlie XCX. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's our episode, guys. Thanks again for listening. As always, uh, please. Spread the word, rate, review, subscribe, the whole Megillah. Yep. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's all we got. That's all we got. Uh, so we'll see you next week. And until then, nerd out! This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.